Well, hello everybody and welcome. Today is the 26th of May, uh, 2023. And I want to welcome you today. As we do, I want to share a couple things very quickly uh, that we have going, okay? Uh, one of them is that, um, again, my, my offer for my books, I only, like I said, I only have a couple left. So go ahead and order these. $20, you get both books. SOS, a, a devotional 50-day journey, a 50-day devotional uh, geared for five to ten minutes a day, uh, devotions unto the Lord, and um, and from breakdown to breakthrough, my journey to soul health has resources and things that you can do to uh, be healed in your soul. Uh, the Bible says he restores my soul, and so some of those things uh, are included in there on how to do that, and then you'll get this handy-dandy little reminder wristband that says, Seek God's Kingdom. I know it's backwards on Facebook, but um, it is what it is. And then uh, coming up in July, I have a school starting, a uh, ministry school, a school of, uh, of ministry, a school of encounter evangelism. And if you want to be a part of that, it's $100 for all the sessions in July. You get the two books and the, wrist, uh, uh, and the, and the wristband for free and um, uh, along with that. And so... Uh, just email me at Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com and, uh, and uh, we'll get you all the information for the school um, and any information you have about giving to this ministry. If you're on Facebook, uh, you can just message me, hey, how do I give to your ministry? It's Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, or Zelle, and you can go ahead and do those and um, uh, for a donation. So tw a $20 donation or more get you the books and the wristband. Well, praise God. God is so good. I, I, I sit here in total amazement at the goodness of God. Now, uh, what, I'm, what do I mean by that? It's that we get to share what God has done for us to other people. Yesterday we talked about it um, ad nauseum. Well, we, not ad nauseum, but we talked about evangelism and going and telling them and today, we're going to deal with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And um, uh, we'll, we'll deal with that in a moment. But, but please, please, please pray about uh, getting involved in this ministry, uh, financially supporting it. Um, th there's so many things that are about to happen. And I'll share some of those with you uh, after we share the word or while we share the word. And um, some things that I've seen, some things that I've done, and, um, and some things that I, that I look forward to as well. Okay? So uh, go to John chapter 4, and, uh, and here's Jesus, and he's going into Samaria. He has dis his disciples, and he's going into the place of, of great prejudice. All right? You want to talk about hate crimes. Samaritans did it against the Jews. The Jews did it to the Samaritans. And they hated each other. And um, in fact, the Samaritans were, the, were, the, were, were like the scum to the Jews and vice versa. Okay, nobody's ex exempt from this stuff. Everybody was involved in it. Um, the Maccabean Wars, the... Um, the uh, you know, we're around there. The Samaritans were the redheaded stepsister, all that stuff. Everybody just prejudice against them. All right. You, uh, I don't know if it would be called racism, but 
but it would be like that between the Samaritans and the Jews. And so Jesus goes through Samaria, sends his disciples away to get food. And he's sitting at this well, and a woman coming in the afternoon is coming to see, uh, to get water. Now, the reason why was because she was shunned. This woman was, was shunned by the, um, by her town because she was a, uh, she was divorced five times, or actually four times, and uh, she was living with a man. She was basically, um, I'm not going to say she was a prostitute, but uh, she was not, um, she was not a woman in high grace because she could not go in the morning when, when it was the cool of the day with the other women because she was shunned by the community. So here's a woman coming to Jacob's well. Jacob dug the well years prior and, and, and Jacob had, um, had brought uh, this, this well and so she's going from a place that she was highly uh, dishonored, disrespected, and shunned. And she goes to a place where there was a Jewish preacher, a Jewish man sitting there. So she goes from being shunned to a place where there was a man who could have shunned her. And Jesus is sitting there and says, would you get some water for me? And she says, you know, what is it that Jew has to do with a Samaritan that you would ask me to give you water? And he says, if you knew who was asking you, you would ask of him for the water because he would give you water where you'll never thirst again. I mean, many of you know the story. You know this account. And then the woman comes out and she, uh, uh, and they start talking about this water. Well, give me this so I don't have to come to this well. She was embarrassed. She was shamed. She was shunned. And Jesus says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And then so she says, and, and then she says, well, first go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You're right about that. You had five husbands. And the guy you're living with now isn't even, in your, isn't even your husband. So here's a woman walking in the shame of this. And Jesus verbalizes what she's feeling or the shame that she's feeling. And she says something astute. She says, I perceive that you're a prophet. And she said, well, so let's make this a religious discussion. You guys say that it is in Jerusalem that you ought to, uh, you know, you, you ought to worship God. But you won't let us in Jerusalem. You won't let us to the temple. And Jesus says, it's no longer on this mountain or at the temple, but those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. He reveals himself to her. She goes back to her community and she becomes the first evangelist for Jesus. It's funny. First woman, first evangelist. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> she becomes an evangelist for Jesus. The disciples come back. She brings the whole town. And Jesus says, you know, just ask the Lord of the harvest to bring forth laborers. Look, the harvest is ripe now. Go get it. Now, many of us today are going through some portion of this 
um, of this encounter. We are either the woman built in shame, shunned, embarrassed, hopeless, or we're Jesus, the messenger that can bring freedom, or we're the disciples who are commissioned to go out. And today we're going to look at all three of these. Okay? First off, you have this woman. All of us, and I mean all of us, have done things that we're ashamed of. No doubt. No doubt. You know, we, we have done things that we wish we hadn't have done, or if we could do it again, we wouldn't. We're shunned by our community. We're outcast. We're afraid to help somebody else because our shame has hamstrung us. And we can't move and we can't do anything. Ironically, the woman never gave Jesus any water. This woman, her husbands didn't even love her. They didn't treat her right. Um, I want to be very, I want to tiptoe through this part. But, I mean, really, she was basically just used as an object as opposed to being somebody of value. Jesus met her the first time as an object. Get me some, could Give me a glass of water. He didn't even say please. But then Jesus met her on a more personal level after that. This woman is, uh, you know, all of a sudden her only defenses that she went to were religion. <clears throat> You know, oh, you're, you're going to be a, a Bible thumper? Guess what? I'm going to, this is how I'm going to deal with you. You guys say Jesus is the only way to heaven. And they always argue. It's amazing how people who don't know God argue, um, argue from the realm of God. And they know that they think they know what God thinks. Or they'll have a religious argument. <clears throat> Evolution, atheism, you know, and. How can you say, how can a loving God send people to hell? And you get, you get sidetracked into that argument. Jesus did not get sidetracked. He got into her heart. It's neither on this mountain or at the temple. It's not over there. It's not over here. God wants to meet you in your heart. He wants to meet you in your heart. Those who worship him must worship him not on this mountain, not in Jerusalem, but in spirit and in truth. Now, many people worship God in spirit, but they have very little truth. They're only there for goosebumps. No doubt, God gives goosebumps. Praise God. 
But the goal and the um, purpose of worship is not to get goosebumps. The goal and purpose in worship is to honor him as Lord and as King and to praise him. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. And we are thankful unto him. It becomes all about him, not about us. And many people go to worship so that they can get touched by God. That is not the reason for worship. The worship is to give God the, the worth that he is due. Now in that process, God can't help himself but to, but to come down and to meet us. But our goal and our purpose is not us. The goal and the purpose is him. That's why we have such... There's a, there's a lot of fluff songs we sing during a song time. We might as well be doing karaoke somewhere. You worship him in the spirit. It is with the Holy Spirit that we can cry out, Tender Father, True Father, Abba Father. It is by grace that we're saved through faith. And even that is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. And not of works, lest any man should boast. This woman is devastated. We have times of devastation. And we need to be given living water. Not just water, but living water. Something to sustain us over time and, and continually. And not just water once and then nothing. We, we get water and we get more water. Water in the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit. And he, and he isn't in it. A lot of people, when they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I got it, I got it, I got it. No, the cry of the Holy Spirit is, I saw him. He, his name, Holy his name, Holy Breath of God. So in Song of Songs, he tells us, come with your cares and your burdens. In Matthew chapter 11, uh, come to me all who labor, who are caring and are burdened, and I will give you rest. She came to Jesus. Who are you going to? You going to some counseling center or are you going to Jesus? Now, I, there's nothing wrong with counselors. I use them. And they were very much helpful to me. And they helped me out of my depression, helped me out of my, my um, um, nervous breakdowns. But my counselors pointed me to Jesus. So she comes to the well and she meets Jesus. All of a sudden, she didn't feel clean and pure. She still felt ashamed and even more so because of who he was. Remember, she was the first one he revealed himself to as Messiah. And now we have Jesus. 
Sometimes we are Jesus to somebody. We are pointing them to the way. We're pointing them to their hope. We are pointing them to their uh, place of freedom. Okay? That's what we're doing. Yes, that's where we have to take you. Don't get locked up in the minutia of each, of each question or each thought that they have. The goal is to give them living water. When you're witnessing to somebody, give them living water, not an answer to their argument. Jesus is their answer. Remember, Jesus in John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what you want to give somebody. You're not telling somebody how good you are. You're telling somebody how good God is. And, and, and I get tired of people saying how great they are. They're not. Without the blood of Jesus, all their righteousness is like a filthy rag. Don't point them to this church or that church. Point them to Jesus. You're not going to worship him at, in Jerusalem at the temple, at First Baptist or the Assembly of God Church. And you're not going to worship him in the Methodist Church and the Catholic Church and all these other places. But you're going to worship him as a unit, as, a, as one in the body of Christ. Jesus' last prayer, that they may be one even as we are one. That they may uh, have, have like-mindedness. We argue about whether it's infant baptism or uh, uh, grown-up baptism. We argue about communion. We argue about all this stuff. I mean, I got into an argument about a guy with a guy about communion once a month. I said, I, I basically take communion every day. I love to commune with God and the Word of God. I love that stuff. Don't tell people the religious gospel. Tell them the true gospel. That God loves them. They become the righteousness of God in Christ. They, we are justified by faith, not by works. Jesus, God demonstrated his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I am crucified with Christ. All right, I am, with, I am vicariously crucified with Christ. Jesus died as me. Nevertheless, it is no longer I who live, but it is this Jesus that lives in me. I am a dead person, and Jesus comes and resurrects me back to life. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for me. He died for me, and he gave himself up for me. Why do I drone on about this stuff? Because we have to understand who we really are in him. And we shall be like him, the Bible says. We're, we're, we're just like him. So we get to be him to some, some person full of shame and guilt and blame. And we get to share that in him, in him, they get to be free of all that. And then we come to the disciples and we talked about them previously. 
they come and they're worried about deeds. Have something to eat. I already ate. My food is to do the will of the Father. Did somebody give him something to eat? But Jesus said, you say that in four months there's coming a harvest. But I tell you, look up and see that the fields are white unto harvest. This woman was so impacted by God, by Jesus, touched by him, that she went and told everybody in her community, everybody in the village, what happened to her. And she became the first evangelism evangelist in the Bible, even before Stephen, even before Philip. She, was, she told her whole village, and the whole village came out. And then the whole village said, and this is wonderful, the whole village said, now we know. Not just because you told us, but because we have heard him for ourselves. She became the evangelist. Jesus looks at the disciples and says, <clears throat> and then all the people are coming out to Jesus, looks at the disciples and says, don't tell me that the harvest is yet future. Look up now and see that the fields are ripe for harvest. Many uh, uh, Muslims have seen the man in white. Many people have had visions of Jesus, and, they, and, they're, and they're ripe for the picking. But go out to the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest. It used to be a cry of missionaries, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to the field. America has now become a field because America is a post-Christian society. And we get the opportunity of sharing the gospel with people here in America. People would rather send their money because it's less impactful. And Jesus says, I don't need your money. I want your life. I went to Eastern Europe for three years. And I just loved people for three years. I didn't know the language. I only knew two words. Good day. Labdian. That's all I knew. And I started. And then all of a sudden, people started responding. They didn't respond immediately. They thought, who's this crazy American? But eventually, they came around. Every city I went to, I even visited a, a concentration camp. My translator, Aya, she was a tremendous woman. She was a woman and is a woman of faith. I met many, many people. Some that, were, that came out of alcoholic families. Some that, some that were just broken. Some that were solid, but some that were broken. Go to them. Hear them. See them. Feel them. Not physically, but in, in emotionally. Feel what they're going through. In America, I've met many women who have been sexually assaulted, abused, narcissistically abused, and, and, and broken. Some of the people I met were very narcissistic, manipulators, only trying to get God for another trophy on their wall. I met a lot of people like this. 
I mean, God don't love them, but you just share with them and you give the gospel to them and you're very open with them and you tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. And if you want to know what the truth is, read your Bible. Consider your destiny, people. Consider that you are uh, called and you are destined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. What does Jesus look like in every situation you face? Praise God. Well, that's all we have for today. I want to remind you of the offer that we have, and that is both of my books sent to you for a donation of $20 or more. You get the, the devotional plus... Um, a resource and my, my story on how I walked out of, out of a, a nervous breakdown. And, um, and you get the reminder to seek God's kingdom as well. You get all of that for a gift of $20 or more. Uh, don't forget the school in, um, in, in July. I know you want to be a part of it. Contact me either through Facebook or through uh, my email, which is Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com my name ministries at gmail.com and um and i will give you information it's a hundred dollars for the school for one month okay well god bless you have a great day um yeah just understand the grace of god in every one of your situations okay and and really look up and see that the fields are white unto harvest they're ready for the harvest Look up and see, look up and see that the fields are ripe for the harvest. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. And, um, and you know what's really cool is that God is so amazing, and we just want to stay in that place.